This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with wars and persecutions, destruction of Jerusalem, the coming of the Son of Man, watch yourselves, and preparing for the Passover. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or on your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by the thought of undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace, let us pray to the Lord. the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
us pray. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. First reading is Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, the teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, Take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thoidas rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the word of the Lord.
Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although all the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated.
We Lutherans talk a lot about faith. Salvation is, as we know, by grace, through faith alone, sola fide. We name our churches and our daughters faith. By faith, the saints of old struggled and confessed. They died, and now they surround us as a great cloud of witnesses. This faith, Luther says, is a living, busy, mighty, active thing. It fills the pages of our catechism. It is the goal in all of our conversations. We want to know, do you believe? But there's more to life than faith. Even St. Paul, the great apostle of faith, when he was given the chance between faith, hope, and love, chose love. The greatest of these, he says, is love. Today, St. John gives us faith as good, but as second best. Today, faith is runner-up, penultimate. It gives way to life. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may then have life in his name. Faith isn't the goal. It's not the end. It's not the point. So leave Thomas alone, would you? <laughs> He's not doubting Thomas. He's not rationalist Thomas. He's not higher critic Thomas or scientific analysis Thomas. He's not wrong for wanting to put his hands in the wounds. He's not wrong for wanting to see that this Jesus that you're telling me about is the same Jesus that hung on the cross. St. Thomas is not okay with just believing. He wants to believe in something, in someone. And he wants his faith to be in that which is true. Your faith will do you no good at all if it is not faith in the crucified and risen Jesus. Faith is no good at all if it is not clinging to the marks of the wounds of the atoning sacrifice for us. If there's no Jesus, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then all of our preaching of Christ the crucified is worthless and in vain. And you're believing. Well, then you are most to be pitied. Thomas isn't wrong. Thomas is simply demanding that he get what the others got. For those of you that like these things, you could set this reading out as a sort of Hebrew parallelism. Run verse 21 alongside verse 26 and follow the stories. They're the same. There's the first night 
the day of the resurrection, Easter Sunday, where they're all gathered together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, and then on the eighth day, the next week, they're doing the same thing. The disciples are gathered, the doors are locked, they are still in their fear. On the first day and on the eighth day, Jesus comes and stands among them. On the first day and on the eighth day, Jesus says, Peace be with you. On the first day, he shows them his hands and his side, and seeing, they believe. On the eighth day, Thomas, put out your hand, place it in my side, see the mark of the nails, do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas gets, admittedly a week later, what the others got that first Easter evening. No more, no less. And his faith demanded to see and to touch and to know that this risen Christ is, in fact, the crucified, just as the others did as well. But then it says on that first Easter night that when they saw, the disciples were glad. And Thomas, when he saw, Hakurios mu kai hafeos mu, my Lord and my God. He too was glad because he saw. And here we are, so pious, saying, Oh, I don't need to see our Lord. It's good enough to believe. Well, that's a lie, and you know it. Which of you does not long? and wait, and look for, and cannot wait anymore until finally at the last day, you too will see this risen Lord Jesus. You're not okay with just believing. You make do with it as second best, as all that we're given now. But you want to see. You want to behold him. You want to touch him. This is what love does, desires the other. And if there is no risen Jesus, then all of our faith talk can go away. Faith is what we are given now by the words. These things, St. John says, are written that you may believe. These things were written into the very hands and the side of Jesus for Thomas and the others to believe. And just as on that first Easter evening, Jesus breathed on them and gave them the office of the holy ministry of binding and loosing sins, so also he does the same eight days later to Thomas. This again is part of that Hebrew parallelism going on. The office of the keys is now matched with, blessed are those who, though having not seen, yet believe. 
Those that were sent with the Spirit to proclaim sins forgiven are those that are sent with the very word of the gospel. The preaching office is this absolving office, and both together are the means by which we have access to the crucified and risen Jesus. And so today you also are given to see, to feel, to know the wounds of your crucified Lord and God as the risen Christ by way of his word. Here we have the resurrection of Jesus. Here we have his presence standing again among us today. Here we have another little brother of Easter, another gathering behind closed doors, another death into which our Lord comes to free us, to speak his word of peace, sins forgiven, wounds inside, hands, the mark of the nails, and the risen flesh of Jesus. So as you continue your preparations for the office of this holy ministry, as you too, some of whom very soon, will also be breathed on and charged with this task of binding and loosing sins, of proclaiming these words that are written that your people may believe, Fix your eyes on Jesus. Cling to him alone. Allow yourself no faith that is apart from the very body of Jesus Christ. He is the life. He is the one after whom we are going, the one that we are directed, the one that we love. And in the end, everything goes away. Faith, hope, but not him. He remains. Cling to Jesus. Place your hands in his side. Look, see that it's him and not another. Taste and see that he is good and that he is good for you. As he forgives you your sins. He raises your bodies from the grave and he brings you at last into that life everlasting with him. Today, Jesus does not come chastising Thomas, and he doesn't come chastising you. Thomas's great demand is met with our Lord who loves him. He doesn't turn him away. He doesn't tell Thomas not to speak to me that way. He says, Thomas, come here. Reach out your hand. Touch and see that I am he. And so he invites you. He invites you to taste, touch, see, get a little bloody in the process, and know that this is Jesus, the risen and crucified Savior for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Christ is risen.
Let us pray to the Lord, our strength and our shield, on behalf of the church and for all people. For the one true church scattered across the globe, that our Heavenly Father would keep her faithful in hearing his word of life and make her bold in proclaiming the blessing, honor, glory, and power of the risen Christ to all people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our nation and the nations of the world, that God would grant wisdom and humility to all leaders, and that he would rain down justice and peace so that all may lead quiet and godly lives, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all children and young people, asking that our Heavenly Father would nurture them in the life of his risen Son, that they may believe his word, set their hope fully in Christ, learn to defend the true faith, and use their talents not for their own sakes, but for the glory of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, yes. For those who are sick or injured, that our risen Lord of life would grant them his perfect healing, comfort in the midst of their troubles, and the blessed hope of perfect life in heaven, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who have gone before us and now enjoy eternal communion with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. For all who still walk by faith in the risen Lord, that he would keep us faithful to him and lead us to rejoice in the good news that the kingdom of God is near, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Especially are we bound to praise you who on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. 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 Come, Lord Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion. Your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming again for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, Peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in body and soul, both now and into life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.